Hey guys, Editor Dan here. Jumping in before we get going to let you know to hang on and listen after the credits for a special announcement to the many roads to Amelia. So if you were to put your personality into one element, what would it be? What element are you? Star signs and astronomy aside, what element do you feel you are tied to? Really for me, it's a mix between fire for the destructive, essence destructive beauty of fire. Just self-destructive, like, yeah. Very self-destructive, <laughs> but I do it in James, a wonderful James way. James is a pyromaniac, <laughs> so that's what this but is But also about. water, because yeah. I feel like I am relatively stable and flowing and moving around the obstacle like water, or I'll burn the obstacle down. Mm. One of those two. I like that a lot. Move you, Adam. Clearly wind. Clear, clearly Because you're air. just full of air? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's hot that's air. It. Everything I do is based on my voice or the wind that comes out the other end. Uh, touche. Yeah. I, I want to say that I'm an air type, but I'm really not. I'm more definitely self-destructive fire type. I like destroying things. I like ruining things for other people. It's always fun, though. Right? I just like people's thoughts and hopes and prayers just feel yeah. like destroying. The yeah. new TikTok trend of telling kids Santa isn't real. Oh, phenomenal. Big fan. Just makes me laugh oh, inside. Oh, so good. Great times. What? Uh-huh. Santa, Santa's not real? <laughs> yes. Oh, shit. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> it's a Mimic, the roundtable Dungeons & Dragons discussion podcast, where you never know what you're going to get. Happy Halloween! Welcome to another episode in our conversation on playable races. I'm Adam, and with me today are Megan and James, and this episode is called Genasi, Elements of Genealogy, because I'm funny like that. In our conversation about playable races in D&D 5th edition, we've already covered three kinds of dwarves, three kinds of halflings, and three kinds of gnomes. We dedicated two episodes to six kinds of elves, assuming you don't split hairs with the Eladrin. We've done half-elves, half-orcs, and... 95,000 kinds of humans in the Forgotten Realms. And of course, we dedicated full episodes to Tieflings, Dragonborn, and Aarakocra. Nailed it. You can find all these episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and dozens of other podcast apps. Or you can jump over to YouTube and dig into the entire playlist called Off to the Races that we've built there. This episode, though, is going to focus on a very popular playable race of people from a relatively unknown publication. Way back when Princes of the Apocalypse was published, there was also a smaller publication called Elemental Evil Player's Companion. In it, we saw Aarakocra, Svirfneblin, Goliath, and Genasi get their first spotlights as playable races in 5th edition. So, let's look at these elemental wonders and find out what makes them so special. But before we get started, I want to ask you guys, what experiences have you had with Genasi and D&D games that you've played in? I made a monk once. What kind of monk? Air Genasi. Air, yeah. That, yeah. Makes, that makes sense. Absolutely. Just, just, it fit. Yeah. yeah. Was it fun? It was all right. What kind of monk? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, four, it was recent. Four elements? Yeah, I remember you. that this was a one-shot. Though, it, yeah, like, it was, I, built her, I built her for a one-shot. Okay. But I don't remember what I exactly did with her. But I remember being like, this fits. And it was fun? You had a good time? I mean, the one-shot was great. Yeah. Okay. I never really care what happens to them in a one-shot. <laughs> James? I did a water genasi druid and absolutely hated it. Yeah? Yeah. Why? What level? It was low level. We were starting That's the why. campaign. Yeah, it was for one it was low level, for two it was druid, and for three, the party I was playing in, we had one antagonistic player. Um, yeah. So it just wasn't fun to begin with. As a whole. Yeah. Yeah. We have a recurring NPC that pops up, what Charlie's old player character i was about to mention them yeah, yeah. zale who is a high powered like level 18 uh water genasi um and he's a druid as circle of the land and he has so much fun with zale zale's fun at high level but with genasi 
you don't get a whole lot of shit in the in the actual race category, so you end up having to rely on your your class breakdown and your background. Charlie leaned into it. He had a lot of fun playing that character, but he definitely had to homebrew a couple of things. Homebrew so. a couple of things. I feel like they were also like very good at adding the flavor to it. Like yeah. you never forgot they were a water genasi. Oh no! Well, that was so. that was the other fun. <laughs> that was the other fun thing about Charlie is he had um, instead of eyeballs, he had pools of water that just magically stayed put, hmm. and he had a little octopus familiar that was you know the size of a thimble that lived in his eye socket would come out like scurry around to go back in. And you know, yeah. no matter what conversation you were having, it would be mentioned that that was on his face. Yeah, I was like, oh great. Always got to remind you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's jump into this um, series of sub races because it's it's not really even just one. The first thing you need to know about the Genasi is that they've been different from edition to edition, although their origins are largely similar. Let's start at the beginning with three concepts that everyone is going to need to wrap their brains around for this episode. One, genies are intelligent creatures in D anD. d and can often assume the shape of whomever they please. Two, there are four kinds of genies in the Forgotten Realm setting, and each one is tied to one of the four elements, air, earth, fire, and water. And three, genies fuck. We're off to a great start. So uh, as far as I can tell from my digging, Genasi first appeared in the third edition of Dungeons & Dragons as four different races, all similar but separate. The idea is that if an elemental creature mated with a mortal, their offspring would be a Genasi. They look like whatever the mortal race looks like, but they're infused with some elemental nature that manifests itself physically. The most common traits that I've run across are the fire Genasi, who have flames instead of hair, the water Genasi, whose hair always floats as if they're underwater, or the earth Genasi with gray rock-like skin. Another common trope with them is the idea that their eyes somehow give away their lineage. Normally when you discuss Genasi, that's what people think of. They also tend to make them look roughly like a half-elf, with wisps of facial hair, if they even have any, slight and wiry frames, and pointed ears. But there's nothing really in the lore that supports that, except for three editions worth of artwork. So this is Terry. Yes. Yeah. Most people like to play Genasi because they feel like uh, they want a direct connection to the elements, which you don't see very often outside of spells, and they each have neat elemental-based powers attached to them, but like we kind of hinted at, it's not a whole lot. There are a couple of other basic ideas about them. Uh, As far as I can tell, they were Forgotten Realms exclusive back in 3.5 and haven't made the jump officially to most other settings even now. Also, they are exceedingly rare, except in some extreme cases. But if you did run into one, you would find them arrogant, as they believe that their connection to the elements made them not only better and more special than other races, but better and more special than other Genasi too. This arrogance often manifested itself in different ways, depending on the Genasi, because each displayed personality traits that mirrored their personal element. For example, Fire Genasi are quick-tempered, and Earth Genasi are slow and methodical, Water Genasi change their minds often, and Air Genasi are carefree. This is all pretty standard fantasy elemental-type nonsense when it comes to personality types. What's interesting to note, though, is that when they were introduced editions ago, they were part of a group of other playable races called the Plain Touched. These were any playable race that were a mix between mortal and the influence of a specific plane of existence. We still have Asomar representing Celestial Plane Touched and Tieflings representing Fiendish Plane Touched, although this classification of Plane Touched has been thrown out the window to include more nuanced origins. The only other remnant of this idea that we have in 5th edition um, are the Genasi and the Tanaric, which is a half-orc, half-demon that you can find with the orc stat blocks in Volo's Guide to Monsters. You could actually play as them in previous editions. 
Hmm. Uh, we covered Tanarks actually pretty well in episode 101, which was our first episode about Orc Hordes. And no, they're no longer playable because they're super badass and evil. Anyway, uh, let me rewind. As I said before, genies fuck. D don't unbuckle <laughs> your pants, turn on safe search, and start Googling cosplayers of I Dream of Genie just yet. Uh, because such carnal summonings are rare. Not just anybody can get the freak on with a genie. Genies actually hail from the inhospitable regions of the elemental planes, where mortals would never survive, but genies have no issue moving around. In rare cases, they even travel to the material plane. But most of the time it's because they've been forcefully summoned, and that doesn't put them in a very amorous mood. If they do come to the material plane on purpose, they like to mingle with mortals, and they will occasionally take on the form of a mortal to walk around among the common folk, and then, under the rarest circumstances, they may foster a friendship. Eventually, they might shift that friend zone into a romantic entanglement, and then and only then, and then and only then, they may start rubbing lamps with somebody pretty. But that's only a lot of... Wait, sorry. Only if a relationship is formed, or... Yeah, yeah. They don't just, like, bang because they get drunk. Oh. This Can is, they get drunk? Um, on power, I would say. Touche. Okay, go on. So... Anyway, that was a lot of stars that had to align, right? Like, only sometimes do they come to the mortal plane. Only sometimes do they walk among the people. And even then, only sometimes do they look like other people. And then only then, sometimes they make friendships. And only then, sometimes... They, like, there's just... They're so specific for what has to happen for there to be a genasi. And that means that there's very few of them. To make matters worse, for the you know general population of elemental peoples, these encounters aren't really centered on any one geographical location. And it may take generations for elemental powers to manifest in a baby. So uncommon becomes occasional and occasional becomes rare. With the generally low populations of the Forgotten Realms, you can imagine that while Genasi aren't unheard of, they're probably one of the rarest playable races. And there's certainly no large gatherings of them. In fact, most Genasi will go their entire lives without meeting another. So if you want to play a Genasi, but you aren't wild about the idea of your great-great-grandmother practicing sweaty naked yoga with the magical wisp of smoke that sounds like Robin Williams, then there's a non-sexy origin too. And that is that sometimes, even more rarely than people's ancestors feeling that sweet, sweet, phenomenal cosmic power, they can simply just be an, an imbuing of elemental magic from proximity. If there's a surge of power in a thin space between realms, pregnant women might catch a little fire in their oven, if you know what I mean. Uh, a little lightning in their bottle, a little air in there down there, some earth where they birth. I hate you. I hate everything about you right <laughs> yeah, now. I apologize for nothing. And neither do genies, by the way, because they're not known for being great parents or even present ones. Once the fling has been flung, they tend to move on. There are no parental instincts present in any elementals and genies are no exception. It doesn't say this directly in the source material, but it is strongly implied that the abandonment of a parent and the loneliness of being different often lead to Genasi of being outcasts and outsiders. If they do stay in a community, they're met with equal parts wonder and suspicion. But either way, they learn to rely on themselves and stand tall as unique individuals who can tackle almost any challenge. This is good and bad, though, because it often leads to them being blind to real consequences. Ultimately, there are two main locations you're going to find Genasi. Either out in the wilderness near their specific elements, or in a major city where the weird is barely noticed. It's honestly small towns and villages that are the most dangerous. After all, that's where you get the we don't take kindly to people like you around these parts kind of mentality. So, Alberta? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone in the States is like, where's that? <laughs> 
<laughs> Canadian Texas. Canadian Texas. <laughs> yes. Now, I said before that there are very few Genasi, and I mean it. But long ago in Kalimshan, which is a large region of Faerun, south of the Sword Coast, the air and fire genies known as Jin and Ifrit, respectively, once ruled the land. They were plentiful, and so more and more Genasi started being born in the region. However, the ancient regime was overthrown, and the Genasi bloodline scattered to the wind. Now, generations have gone by, and while the odd air or fire Genasi might appear somewhere up the west coast, including the Sword Coast, the once great elemental influence is mostly a distant memory. So that means that in the Forgotten Realms Adventures of 5th Edition, you'll most likely run into fire or air Genasi. Obviously, water Genasi can be found in coastal regions, and Earth's Genasi can usually be found up in the north, and that makes the Sword Coast kind of the best place to run into these peoples, but again, it's still rare. The only other place of note where Genasi might be encountered in decent numbers is way down south on the continent of Zakhara. But that's a huge trek from the Sword Coast, so it's unlikely that you'll end up down there where genies and mortals make regular deals, sometimes resulting in a little bundle of elemental joy. When it comes to playing a Genasi, there isn't a lot of information about them, except that they age like humans and can live to be 120. They tend to be neutral aligned because of their independence, and they're roughly human-sized. The other really interesting detail of note is that they tend to have names based on the naming convention of the place they grew up in, but they'll usually adopt a name that links them to their elemental heritage. The Princes of the Apocalypse Elemental Evil's Player's Guide recommends that Flame and Ember and Wave and Onyx are examples, but I, I feel like that's fucking boring. Sounds like Pokemon. Right? You can easily Google names based on the elements or look for elemental words from other languages to come up with better names that aren't quite so fucking X-Men about it. <laughs> when you're choosing a name, though, remember that these are the names that they choose for themselves. It should describe them in some way that is never really detrimental to their own self-worth. No Air Genasi is ever going to be called Fart because he's not going to do that to himself. Could you look Fart up in different languages and name it Fart? You could, but I, as a DM, would hate you forever for that. But what if the Air Genasi player, the, the actual character, has no connotation of what the word fart is? Though the rest of the world is a common word and they all understand it, where they grew up, it wasn't used. It's a beautiful name. You have my permission as a dungeon master to slap players like James. <laughs> it's not a no, though. Just means if... I have to avoid a hit. <laughs> If you're looking for a little more inspiration than normal, you can always dig into other settings to see what Genasi are up to there. For example, in the Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, we learn about how the birth of a Genasi is usually noticed by corrupt people in power who often threaten that if the Genasi don't join their ranks, they'll be exiled or killed. Sometimes this leads to Genasi taking refuge among criminal syndicates. Some are kidnapped by interesting some are kidnapped by interested parties who want to learn more about them, and others are met as wondrous blessings who could change the very nature of sea travel. And in Dark Sun, we learn that they're seen as prophets and seers and chosen ones. There are no details about Genasi in Eberron or Ravnica, at least for 5th edition, but I would assume that all of the elemental experimentation and harnessing would make Genasi very valuable commodities to certain organizations in those realms. Mm. And that's more or less, with the exception of the nitty-gritty stat blocks, what we know about them as a whole. We are going to get into each one of the four of them as we move forward in the episode, but before we get there, I have a couple questions. So let's roll dice. Oh, yay! I want to roll initiative. Nine. 
Solid you ones. Guys both we both rolled ones. All right. Let's go, James. 17. One and again. And a one again. It's a good day. All right. So, Megan, you first. Do you prefer the original uh, origin of the genie heritage, or do you like the elemental infusion of power better? So, I enjoy the elemental infusion of power just for the sense of I feel it's very flavorful. However, I feel it is very overdone. Born so, in the eye of a hurricane. And... Like, it's just like, yeah. It's, it's like the easiest trope to find, and it's a very good starting point for beginner DMs, which is why I do actually enjoy it a lot, because it's an easy trope to fall onto. If you're starting out and you don't quite know a lot, the elements are an easy go-to. So I'm kind of happy they tied it into that, because they could get complicated using the old heritage, where it's kind of more accessible to any player at this level. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you. The imbuing of power is for the novice player, the novice DM. If you really want to get into my my backstory in this homebrew world of crazy shit, having that that weird, not apparent, but you know, this guy this guy banged my great 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 grandfather like fifteen freaking years ago, and yeah, and imbued his nards with the power of air. Then yeah, and I feel like not all players are gonna look back that far as to where like the banging occurred. Yeah. Whereas like a DM who is knowledgeable about genies or where they come from. I feel like they would almost take advantage of that fact, whereas if a player wants to cut off that opportunity, they can just say, no, it's just imbued with the power of, just to cut off that awkwardness if they're not ready for it. Yeah, you definitely need to talk to your DM about it and provide a family tree, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> perhaps, mayhaps. James, which one do you like better? Uh, I kind of like the imbued, but not at birth. I would either get the DM to agree to it, I'm not sure how the lore sits with it, but have it later in life. So you were a nothing farmer, to a point and then your village burnt down and you happened to be in the paddy field at the time and that's the only reason you lived oh uh, you know it'd be really cool to have you transform like i know it's not canon right mm -hmm. but be transformed into a genasi because you technically died but lightning struck you and now you're an air genasi essentially mm -hmm. or like, like your family drowned in like yeah. a flood and you're the only one that and survived you, but you, you technically didn't you yeah. just happened to hit the elemental pool inside the flood yeah. kind of deal so to give you a bit more a reason why you're you know, working on becoming a god because all player characters are working to become gods. I don't care what you want to say. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. I am perfectly fine being Well, normal. whether you think you're being normal or not, just the amount of power a PC gets, you are broaching godhood. You are you are a walking demigod by level 8. Yeah, so... It's pretty cool to think about. It's a good way to give a reason why you became said demigod. You died and you were resurrected with the power of air, fire, earth, whatever have you. Heart, yeah. Um, friendship. <laughs> Stop. Uh, Megan, what's your, what's your favorite genie and why? I, I think, uh, mm, I would go with Dao. You like the Dao? Yeah. Just because they're fucking assholes. Like if you actually look at their history and their like backstory, they're, they're, they're just dicks. And I, I kind of like that about them. I don't like the slavery part. I just enjoy the fact that they're dicks. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm all about the classic gin. I don't know what it is. I just like the, the. Maybe it's the Disney princess in me, but there's just something classic about the gin that I, I absolutely fucking love. Also, I love role-playing gin, and I got to do that recently in, in one of our sessions, and it was a lot of fun to be kind of a standoffish dick, but still help the party. So it was... Bless uh, you for wanting to be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> for <Yeah>. once. <laughs> James? I'm gin as well. 
There's I, something about the class. It's a classic look and like feel of them compared to all the others. I just feel like the other ones are evil. They might as well just be elemental devils. Yeah. Okay, but that's what I like about them. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I feel like you're telling me there's something wrong with that. <laughs> I'm not telling you. You're getting the implication. That's different. <laughs> I'm not saying it. I may be thinking it, but and I'm you may be reading it, it, but I'm not saying it. <laughs> uh, would you rather play a Genasi from the wilderness or a Genasi who's trying to blend into a metropolis? Wilderness. Wilderness? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like people that tend to be elemental tend to be hippie-esque. So I feel like that just feels natural to me. I have seen the the hermit Genasi so many times. So many times. That I, I like it. I'm ready for something new. I mm. want to see that person that, you know, works late at the bar, works at night, picks the night shift on purpose to just avoid the rest of the population and wants to be kind of standoffish and then gets suckered into a campaign. He's just there to stock the shelves, but ends up being, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I hear you. <laughs> James? I would do City, personally, because you could play, like, as the PC, have them be a member of the local theater. They're not a big star. They're not the main role, so they don't have to be a bard. They could be a guy that just is a guard in each of the plays. But because of their elemental heritage, it could be played off as special effects, for the show to make you just the that much more is just valuable. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you essentially working for the circus because of what you are. So it gives you an excuse to be you. And even when you're out during the day and people see you, they're like, oh, he just wears his makeup or glamour on at all times. Mm, well, I was about to say that the reclusivity of the fact that they would live in the wilderness by themselves comes from the fact that if they were to suddenly be imbued with this power because they were involved in a fire, they're traumatized, their family is gone. Mm they're going to recluse. But you could also be the opposite of that, where they don't know what's happening to them. They're now living within the city. These magical abilities keep coming up and they don't really know how to control it yet or something along those lines. And suddenly they learn it, but they're trying to hide it. So they become a part of something mm -hmm. where it is more natural or... Where something like that coming out isn't overly unexpected. That's, that's really... We've all met theater kids before. Well, so. I mean, it's true. Yeah. It's really fun to have someone explore that, oh my God, what's happening? Why did my house burn down around me? That, that moment... Without being a freaking wild magic sorcerer, right? Which is what every wild magic sorcerer's origin is. One day I just had powers, the orphanage burned down, and now I feel guilty about it. You can now be a cleric or a fighter or a warlock and still get that if you're also a general. And you can even add deeper to the character of was the fire your fault or was the fire how you got your powers? Yeah, you could. Mm -hmm. So did the fire just happen to roll through That's very and <laughs> you decide and you gain powers through it? Or was your manifestation of powers what caused the fire to kill the town? Or maybe... Especially as a cleric. And that then gives you, you so many questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the point that we're trying to make here is that when it comes to Genasi, you really want to link to your element. Right, that is the one defining feature. I'm certain that as Dungeons and Dragons moves ever closer to the homogenization of playable races, we'll start to see less and less uniqueness from races like the Genasi or the Eladrin, which is a shame. Each subrace is so unique and flavorful, and it's really worth digging into what makes them different. But before we can discuss what makes them different, what makes them special, what makes them unique, let's talk about what all Genasi have in common as far as mechanical boons. First of all, no matter the subrace, they get a plus two to constitution. Their movement is 30 feet, and they can speak, read, and write common and primordial, which is a hacking guttural language of harsh, crunchy sounds. And I fucking hate that. How I did they learn it? Oh, that, that uh, right, with such a removal from their elemental parentage, right, the ability to just innately know a language, 
seems ridiculous. But what makes it even more ridiculous to me is that they all speak every dialect perfectly. There are four dialects to Primordial. There's Aquin for water, Orin for air, Ignan for fire, and Terran for earth. Each should sound different as far as I'm concerned. Orange should be, you know, mostly vowel sounds and whistling. It's air, right? Like, But with that, the way I see it, at least, is similar to German and Dutch. Someone who's speaking Dutch can understand most of what someone's saying in German. Not everything, but you can get your point across. No, I want to take it a step more reserved. I hear where you're going with that, but because of the sheer physicality of the nature, I want that, like, crunchy, like, uh, heavy sound to an earth genasi. And then a lot of F's and L's and S's for a fire genasi. But maybe it's the same script. So Canadian French versus like Paris French. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they understand each other, but it's terrible. We don't much care for it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Look, if you were to get someone from, from Texas and someone from Newfoundland, they'll both speak English, but there's no common ground there. They would right? not understand each other. No, they absolutely they wouldn't, wouldn't try to understand each other. They'd be like, stop. <laughs> I hate you, leave. Can you please type what you're trying to say to me, thank you. Exactly, right? And so, like, if you're going to embrace the elements, which is what these guys are, then fucking embrace them. Don't just say, oh, they all just kind of magically know how to speak to each other. It's fine. Maybe they can understand with a, uh, a history check. Or just a general intelligence check. With advantage even because it's technically the same thing written out, but just with different noises put to that script, right? Like, I just I just want there to be the language barrier there. That's what makes it fun. And there are so few of them that you should feel unique when you're playing a Genasi. And there's so little about them that is unique. As we get into the sub-races, the flavor's there, but the mechanics aren't. And I just want that extra little something to them a little spice yeah so but i mean that's it age and size and alignment are all the same and the constitution bonus movement speed and language are all the same everything else is based on the sub races and there's not a whole lot for each now before we roll initiative and jump into these sub races i want to say that each genasi has different tendencies toward different personality traits and different naming conventions when they choose their own names so as they come up you guys are going to roll initiative i'll give a little context first and some example names and then my esteemed co-hosts here uh, or at least megan um will fair. Uh, yeah <laughs> <That was fair. laughs> are going to jump into the mechanics and uh, and the other details of it so why don't you guys roll dice and we'll see who we're doing first that is the oh uh, my God. one again. <laughs> Nat 20 and James with the third one of the night. Lessons. On a different dice this if, time. If you do it again, we're going to take you back and shoot you. Please do. <laughs> I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, which uh, which Genasi do you want to start with? Let's do the Earth Genasi. Earth Genasi. All right. So, when it comes to Earth Genasi, you're probably looking at a character who's more stoic and withdrawn as a general rule. Most aren't comfortable in cities. And there's a subtle reference that Earth Genasi are a little bigger than the others to the point that it may feel uncomfortable for them to be in regular lodgings in regular cities. Sturdy like a tree. They're yeah. swole. Swole. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this size increase, though, makes them tough soldiers, which is what they want you to lean into. Mm -hmm. Wizards of the Coast recommended Hermit, Outlander, and Soldier backgrounds. And when I hunted down some of the names for them, I discovered, so well, for girl names, I found Avani, Kea, Petra, and Wakasa. You had me at Kea. Yeah, of course. Petra's what got me. <laughs> but I thought are, of the city of Petra. These are though. all better names than the like Ruby 
or you know Stonehead or whatever Whisper. shit. Whisper, I don't know. Right? Yeah, like so. <laughs> an air there, there actually aren't many good earthen names for girls out there, so you end up with a lot of seasons and months and flowers and trees. August or precious yeah. gemstones is another one. A lot of sapphire. My Genasi named Amethyst, and that would just make them sound like yeah, strippers. Yeah, go to the club. Yeah, so <laughs> stop. It. But according to one site, Afra means literally the color of earth in Arabic. And I thought that was nice and powerful name. I thought it was cool. Like, That's there funny. is some stuff out there. For boys, though, there are a lot more options, including uh, Cephas, Eben, Haran, and Seb. And, of course, Adam means of the red earth. So, I like it. Is it weird that you have, like, a, yeah. a ginger beard? Uh, I know, red, right? Yeah, like, it yeah. fits. I hate that it fits. So, <laughs> what did you find out about the earth, Janasi? So, I mean, the main thing to think about is that because they represent the earth, um, that they're very sturdy and... Just very precise and patient is what I kind of like, as I was reading about them, kind of learned. So they're very, to your point, stoic. They're yeah. calm and collected almost. Um, they do enjoy being rooted to the ground and develop their own strength um, by controlling earth and stone and that kind of thing. So again, to your point, strong fighters, strong willed. And uh, their appearance is earthy toned skin and can sometimes be metallic, which I thought it would be really cool to have an earth genasi that had marble-esque skin. I've seen that in the game actually already. It just yeah. sounds so majestic to me. Um, Got some like quartz like, in their arms, yeah. so as they move, it just glints. Marbleization, or yeah. like, like 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 your veins show, and it's more metallic as opposed to like just be really cool, very pretty. Uh, for traits, uh, they do get a lot that kind of tie into the feature of being of strength. So they do, of course, get a plus one to strength. Um, for abilities, they get something called Earthwalk. Uh, so they ignore difficult terrain made of earth and stone. So very specific to the terrain being very earthy. And then they do also get what's called merge with stone. So you can basically use the spell, pass without a trace, once per long rest. So, I mean, I personally kind of enjoy these additions. But as we've spoken, they don't get a lot as being a sub-race. Yeah, we think sub-race, we think so many things. But really, I find that these are just more flavor than anything. So I feel like this kind of gives them the ability to lean into these big, strong, buff characters also being nimble as fuck because they are of the earth. Um, and can kind of like be like, I can move just as well as you can, monk. Enjoy. <laughs> I feel like they would have more deliberate movements, though. Where yeah. the monk would just throw a fist, the Genasi would take the time to make sure that fist is going to land at the spot as opposed to just attack as opposed to know what rocks are sturdy yes and what rocks are going to move when they step on them yeah or what happened i you. want them to have mold earth yes something a, a number of times a day equal to their proficiency modifier yeah right like it's that's not game breaking no. and it's only like five cubic feet which is a lot but you're not going to bypass a whole dungeon at eighth level doing that right so like why don't we have that that's that that's a such a fucking no-brainer to me and yeah they all feel that way, though, like all the Genasi. This was really early in 5th edition, so I feel like they didn't know what they were doing as far as the race balances yet. But They're you, too you, scared to you, go too far. Well, yeah, you hit the drow, and holy shit, you have a ton of stuff to do. And then you hit Goliath, and you're sleeping, right? So Eric Oak were like, you can fly, I, I, I guess. That's it, right? Like, <laughs> it, it's pretty light <laughs> and simple, so... Um, it's very much an I guess with the flying. Yeah, too. right. So, yeah. What? How do they stack up against their genie? So it's weird to think about it because the Dow, as I mentioned before, they're they're greedy sons of bitches. So yeah. when I think and I read Earth Genasi, I think like calm, collected human being. Do you think they got a lot of bling? 
I, well, I mean, they do love the shiny things. So, um, in fact, like their their genie um, has a, a concept called all things that glitter. So they enjoy everything that sparkles, any shiny metals, um, and they tend they actually like to pepper their food with like sprinkles of metallic gold or anything they can find, just to show their superiority to anyone that's. That's a baller them. move. It's pretty fucking baller. So, like when I again, it seems so weird that when you build an Earth Genasi, you almost have to read who their genie is. To, to, under- to get more flavor because there's not enough in the in the player's companion. Right? Yeah. So, because again, the Dao are greedy, envious sons of bitches. Like, they just don't really like any other, like, um, any other genies. They're very to themselves. And I feel like these are the ones that would have a burn book about all the other genies. Oh, totally. You 100%. know? 100%. Yeah. Well, that and the Ifridi will as well. <laughs> burn book. James, take, rescue me from that fucking joke. No, you're going to ruminate in that one. Just for a little <laughs> bit. He's doing that for a bit. Which, uh, which Genasi do you want to start Let's with? Let's do with the Fire Genasi. Sure. So Fire Genasi are temperamental, and sometimes they flaunt their assumed superiority over others. That makes them sound insufferable to be around for long periods of time, but they actually want others to think as highly of them as they think of themselves. It's all about reputation and renown which makes them good criminal, folk hero, the noble when you're picking a background. Names for Fire Genasi were the easiest to come up with because almost every culture in the real world have about a dozen words for fire and flame and have adapted those to be our freaking names. So for girls, I come up with um, some of the ones that were furthest away from English. I got Alinta, Kalita, Helia, and Serafina. But I also like Kalama, which is the Hawaiian name for a flaming torch. Kalama. Yeah, me a Kalita. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's not spelt the way that you think it is. <laughs> For boys, there was uh, Ajar, Cyrus, Hakan, and Ignacio, which was my, my favorite one. Even the name Keegan, which I'm hearing a lot these days, actually means the son of fire. Huh. So that's right on fucking brand. Neat. When you show up as a as a fire genasi, you're like, my name is Keegan. Everyone rolls their eyes like, no. No, bitch. I'm I did so my research. Fun of you. Yeah. <laughs> James, what, I will light you on fire. <laughs> what did you find? Uh, they have an intelligence bonus as opposed to it was strength. Strength, yeah. 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 Uh, they get dark vision, which they have a specialty dark vision, so everything's kind of tinted red, Ooh. which is kind of edgy and somewhat yeah. cool. Yeah. Do you think they wear those like different colored sunglasses to tint their red? Yeah. I 100% think they Just do. Just put contact They're in. smart. They have the intelligence modifier to know that would change the light. <laughs> they also have fire resistance, which is generally handy in 5th edition. Oh, it's the most <clears throat> prolific, right? With the yeah. exception of poison. There's a lot of poison resistance, but not a whole lot of poison damage coming at your party. No. So fire's fire the big one Fire is pretty get. popular by a lot of things. And you also get a produce flame cantrip, which you can cast at will. And at level three, you get Burning Hands, which you can cast once during the long rest. So fairly lackluster once again. Yeah, but you know what? That's about on par with where the Tieflings are, and it beats the shit out of the Earth Genasi. Well, yeah. yeah. It's one of the better of the Genasis for sure. I can walk on rocks. I I mean, (laughs) I have a question. How come the Earth Genasi, who's literally underground all the time, does not get dark vision? Yes, I have that question about the water Genasi too. Right. And I mean, this is just, only the air Genasi should not have it, right? And it just, this is the one that I feel needs the least tweaking. Yes. If someone were to pull this out for a level 12 one shot, 
It's fine as is. I would honestly reduce the uh, dark vision by half. What is it right now? Uh, 60 feet, the standard dark vision, but I would do it to 30. Because think about a campfire. When you're sitting at a campfire in the middle of the forest and you're looking out, as soon as that light cuts off, it cuts off. Mm-hmm. Like it's perfect dark beyond that. So I would reduce your vision to 30 feet. Yeah. And then you're able to see far out, just like dimly out to 60 and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I Look, I'm cool with that. What's, uh, what did your genie say about this? Overall, they're actually extremely powerful the way I look at it. Yeah. They're, they pack a punch. Definitely. They pack a but decent punch. Do they line up at all with what the Genasi have to, to offer? Uh, hurl flame would, would be... Uh, produce flame is a lesser yeah, version of it, right? Exactly. So thematically, it's... Elemental amazing. demise, which is pretty cool. So they turn to a puff of smoke when they die and their crap just drops. I kind of want them to explode when they die. You're I just DM, like things... Though, so you can make yeah, it happen. I just like things to explode when they die, though. Or you have a smart Afrit that um, carries powder or small kegs of gunpowder on them. So when they <laughs> die, it goes off. That's that's fun. I really thought you were gonna say small kegs of peyote for some reason, and I went well, kind of fits. That would also really fuck up the party. So <laughs> the party isn't even there. It's just a genie tripping balls in the desert. But yeah, like set them off. That'd be one way to do it. They get three a day, reducing large in tongues, so they're able to talk to anyone they want. And but that's not really like no nothing the, special. There's nothing reflected there for the genasi. So like no. I, you really have to try to line those up. If you're going to include a genie parent or ancestor in the campaign, you got to do your legwork to make it line up and make sense, right? Like, I'm almost trying to look at the physical abilities at this point. Like, hey, the he has the exact same goatee as your character. Or you both have the same kind of, of markings on your body, right? The, because your powers don't line up. Not by a damn sight. So if you want to continue to check us out, you can look at Instagram, Facebook, and check us out on Reddit at r it's a mimic. We also take mail at info at it's a mimic.com for the mailbag questions. Send them our way. If you're looking to literally check us out like that, though, don't look at Instagram. We, we don't post pictures of ourselves like that. Go check out Terry's Instagram because it's all booty shots. Oh, Terry. Oh, Terry. For something more wholesome, you can check out my artist. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, no, pick your art Instagram. Your your art is fantastic. What is it? Thanks, friends. It's Omega Art on Instagram. Well, the Omega spelled with an. It's a zero. Zero M E G G A zero. So, do you guys want to roll again to cover the last two Genasi? But my 20 was so great. Don't do worry, it again. I'll get though. a one again. 14. Can you roll inside the box, sir? Sure, but it's a three this time. Eight. Oh, an eight. Oh, well, you're getting better, but you're still going last. What's your other one, Megan? I would like to cover the Air Genasi. You're allowed. Thank so, you. traditionally speaking, Air Genasi are proud, flamboyant, and struck by wonderlust. They also have this weird nobility thing that the Fire Genasi have, but they're not quite as interested in helping other people understand how great they are. They just know they're fucking awesome and will move along. So Yeah. The Player's Companion recommends charlatan, entertainer, and noble backgrounds. When I googled names for these guys, I came up with, uh, for girls, Amarat... Nope. Amateur... One more time. One more time. Amaterasu, Aturi, Nasima, and Zephyrine. Amaterasu. Amaterasu. (laughs) Is it? I think so. Okay. (laughs) Um, I thought the Scandinavian name, Ilma, which, like, just means air, was simple but powerful enough that you could imagine a high-level player named Ilma walking around. Sure. Uh, for boys, uh, Boreas, Govad, Ilmari, and 
Oranos. I also discovered that Guthrie means windy spot. That sounds about right. Guthrie. Yeah. Guthrie is a windy spot. <laughs> Guthrie sound what windy. What a shitty name to have, though. My name's Guthrie. <laughs> We're sorry. sorry. Our Guthrie. number one fan is probably Guthrie. <laughs> The one who likes us the most is probably Guthrie, and we're just ripping on him. Oh, no. That's not my mom's name. Oh, anyway. No. Uh, so, Air Genasi, basically, you can trace your lineage back to the genies called the Jin. It's spelled with a D, like Django. Like, that that didn't help. Like the Jin? The Jin? The Jins. Yeah. Uh, to add on to the personalities, you, they can be described as flighty or carefree, and their mood can change with the wind. I get it. Right? So funny. This elemental bullshit is is of like it's there in every single video game and cartoon that I've ever seen that yeah. relies on this. Honestly, like, Avatar: The Last Airbender cartoon, not an anime. I don't care what anyone says. Sure, but it's very representative of each of the Genasi races by the benders of the elements. They're they have very, very similar attitudes. Yeah, like it just it makes sense. It's stereotypical almost, so yeah. it gives you somewhere to start. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, I mean, I'd evolve your character beyond that. It's true. But what I really enjoy about these ones is that imagine if you just had a fan with you that blew your hair ever so elegantly, constantly, all the time. That is what an Air Genasi is. Good God. Gorgeous. So just Fabio yeah. at all hours. <laughs> right? But without taking a goose to the face. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, so their traits are they do get a dexterity score of plus one, and then they get unending breath. So if they're ever incapacitated, they actually breathe forever. So they, they, they just don't stop breathing. No matter where they are? No, no, yeah. They, yeah. they just can always breathe. Always their lungs breathe. naturally fill up huh. with air. Yeah. So they can't they drown. Can't drown. They can't drown. They could That's go, handy. They could go into some of the weirder planes, too, where it's all like, you're, it's all, the air is sulfur and ash, yeah. and they're like, no, nah, cool. Sorry. It's cool. It's this is great. They have like natural filters in their lungs that just okay. give them air. Uh, and then I they, bet they all chain smoke because they can get away with it. Oh, hundred percent. Could you imagine? Absolutely. Yeah. Um. They probably smoke everything you can because <laughs> they have no worry about it getting destroyed. <laughs> My lungs are forever pure. Um, and then they also get mingle with the wind, which is basically you can cast a spell levitate once per long rest, which again, it's just, it's flavorful, but it doesn't really give you nothing. It's never really going to come up except for to show off the fact that you can levitate. But to, but to be fair, that does kind of go along with their personality traits of they're pompous. They like to show off. They feel above everyone else. So I feel like they would just be constantly levitating to be like one foot taller than the fighter. Yeah. (laughs) Just always. (laughs) Yeah, I think it just kind of goes into the windiness. Your cl- this would be your classic rogue or your monk or any basically dex saving class, basically. but just light on their feet, that kind of thing. But yeah, if you think about the genies they come from, the djinn, if you think like angel wrapped in beautiful silks, like think either Baroque or um, just those those marble statues that have the drapery just to show off the musculature. Yeah. That's what it is. Like that's what you that's that's the genie aesthetic in my mind. Like they just love to feel beautiful. Like I imagine even the, where they're from. So they call it the airy aesthetics. They reside in these wondrous like clouds. They just live in clouds that have these beautiful buildings, beautiful fountains. They feature the grapes from daybeds on a regular basis. Like it's just a beautiful thing. But yeah, that sounds insufferable. I don't know. I'm about it. (laughs) I'm about being one. I don't want to go interact with one. (laughs) Oh, you would feel like very, very down on yourself. You'd be like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. (laughs) All I can think of is hedonism bot. Yeah, that's all I'm thinking Uh, about. Hedonism (laughs) bot. All right, James, you got the last one? Yeah, the water genasi. So 
I have a special place in my heart for water genasi. Um, they love to be around open water and usually have at least some experience with ships and other water vessels. They enjoy solitude and quiet and have a nomadic perspective on life. They rarely, if ever, foster relationships with people, places, or items. The book says that they're good hermits and sailors. And when it comes to names for water genasi, I didn't have to dive too deep. You're welcome. Stop. There are lots of freaking options online for water shit. For girls, there's Chantara, Dwin, Caimana, and Norel. I discovered during the Google search that Cordelia means daughter of the sea, which would make a great name for a sea hag. Cordelia. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And their nickname would be Cordy. Yeah. Yeah. For Cordelia? No. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> for, for, uh, for boys, there's uh, Bolivar, Caspian, Kano, and Malik. Maxwell, in Scottish, actually means great stream. Hmm. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Glad Maxwell has a great stream. Yeah, proud of him for that. Every Maxwell I meet from now on. That's, that's all you're going to stream. stream. Yeah. <laughs> bet, bet you cheap a little porcelain bud, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we need that on shirts. Maxwell, great stream. <laughs> Great stream to the max. James, take us from this shit, please. Please just do it. Okay, so with water genasi, one of the flavorful things is that they can have their hair floating as if they're underwater, like a corpse. Yep. Kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things you can do, you can have their voice very reminiscent of whale song. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I, I got I to I point this out. When it was the air genasi who had the hair floating, it was nice and beautiful. But for Megan, when it's water, James like, it's a corpse. It clumps together. No, with <laughs> air, it would spread out like individual like angel hairs. Beautiful. But underwater, it would clump together like a body. Okay. There's logic behind <laughs> it, that okay? That just took a dark turn. <laughs> carry Murder. Just a body. There was no murder involved, oh, necessarily. <laughs> I will stop. Allegedly. <laughs> you can't prove a damn thing. So they get a wisdom bonus of plus one, which... Oh, Neither sure. here nor there. Like, yeah, it's a stat bonus. Cool. Cool beans. Uh, they get acid resistance. Not super common, but if no. you get hit with something that's acid, it's handy. It's interesting to me that the opposite of acid is water in D&D. It has been for a long time. Mm. It never quite sits perfectly It makes sense me. to me because water, you can eventually dilute the acid to make sure no but, damage but eventually it's just odd to me that anything water-based usually has a resistance to acid fair um they get they can breathe underwater because you're amphibian sure which is nice yep you can swim 30 feet so you get a swim speed which is not common amongst any race yeah there's just them and tritons and lokatha i, I believe. think so maybe kuatoa uh sea elves you can't play a Kuatoa, though. Yeah, you can. You can't play it by rules as written. Okay, rate. fair enough. <laughs> I know one of my favorite other PCs in one of my campaigns was a Kuatoa. Kuatoa monk with, like, 11 intelligence. Well, my barbarian had, like, 8. And the whole party followed us. We had no clue where we were going or what we were doing, but everyone that followed is the, that us. That is the blind leading the blind. <laughs> oh, it was more than the blind leading the blind. Um, as you level up, you can... When you start, you get uh, Shape Water. Yep. Cool. Once Checks again, out. like sure, there, there we yeah, go. Yeah, it's flavorful. Uh, then, as you get to level three, I believe you get crater destroy water, which can be used quite lethally depending on your DM. Yeah, because the lungs are an open container. Uh, look, I actually got away with that one time years ago in Curse of Strahd. Mm -hmm. I asked Terry if lungs are an open 
container and he yeah. said sure why not so i drowned a man on open land yeah. and then like he said that was funny that was great cool moment don't do it again or my guys can do it too and that's something you should always remember oh, when yes. you're playing dnd if you introduce the bullshit rule the dm gets access to it 100 percent. so um you know what i don't i don't hate any of this I still feel like it's. I hate enough. they don't get dark vision. Yeah, you are a race that can breathe underwater and has a swim speed, so reasonably you'll spend some time dark down. Yep. So you should be able to see that. We actually get into all the aquatic rules in our. I think it was episode oh, one seventeen, give or take, mm-hmm. the aquatic adventures, where Dan and I went through every single one of these aquatic ruling about at what point because it's it's actually there are rules for it. At what point does it get too dark? And surprisingly, it's way the fuck down there. So, like, there's a lot of things that can just exist in water that don't need dark vision. But still, I mean, you're going to be in underwater, you know, reefs and caves and under ships. And One of the features, too, is overly large eyes, which implies you're gathering more light at least. Maybe advanced vision. Yeah. So you can see when it's dark, it's just dim. You don't have well, proper that, dark vision. Well, that, 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 that's what dark yeah. vision is. But, like, again, just limited, right? Like, yeah. But, I don't know. I felt... I felt the air genasi should have had the ability to fly 15 feet at a time. Right. Yeah. right. If the water genasi can swim, the air should be able to fly. Yeah. Like Levit- the- levitating is nice, but if you're level 20 air genasi, I feel like you should have a fly speed of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh. like, <laughs> did, did, did the air genasi get feather fall? Cause no. I don't think so. Like what the fuck? Do the, not- there are, the point is these creatures need better boosts. Yeah. They yeah. don't need a whole lot. I'm not talking about fifth level, ninth level spells. I'm not talking anything breaking the game, but like once or twice a long rest or base it on a proficiency modifier, mm-hmm. right? Like Or drop it to a short rest for the basic spells they can use. Because yeah. the fact that you can only use create water once a day. Right. Like it's not a super useful spell, but it can come in handy. And look badass. And look badass. And flavorful. And be very helpful to a party in a desert without water. Oh, I can create us all enough water to survive for the next 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, let's grab our dice and roll initiative one more time. Okay. 17. I, oh, <gasps> I, James comes back with a nat 20, 20 redeemed. We will not know. shoot you in the back like oh, a dog. You're today. good. So, do you like Janassi overall? Yes and no. Not as a playable race. I, I would like them as NPCs in a campaign that help the party. Maybe NPCs that follow with the party, but I don't feel them as... They're just not powerful. Yeah, enough. they don't have enough oomph to be a play- player playable race, especially at this point in 5th edition. Megan? I, I do enjoy them for what they are, but I, I feel like to our earlier points, I don't feel like they were fleshed out as well as they could have been Yeah. Um, to be more useful, to be honest with you. Like, I feel like they have a lot of backstory, but if you want to play one of these things, you have to dig into the genie, which is not common for most, like, when you're building a character, you don't usually have to dig into the ancestry or the god that they come from. You're just like, cool, I choose this god, I get this, awesome. Whereas I feel like with Genasi, if you really want to play to the fullest capabilities, you want to read up on the genies. Uh, was there anything in the Merid that, that looked like the water Genasi? Actually, yeah. From what we've read so far, it's probably one of the best ones. As far as... As far as matching up yeah. and, yeah, working together. Because it's uh, it's got the amphibian, so it can breathe underwater and in air. So the same thing there. It gets create or destroy water at will. Mm-hmm. 
uh, detect evil, detect magic, fog cloud, a bunch sure, of other yeah, fun yeah. stuff like that. It can cast water breathing, so more of that underwater, those around it feel to it. Yeah. And then conjure elemental, which doesn't connect water elemental, but sure. I feel like it has more things, though, that follow the water genasi's heritage yeah. as opposed to the others. It's more congruent, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Look, I like them from lore and flavor perspective. Yes. On paper, before you hit the mechanics, fantastic. I understand why people like them. However, the moment you look at the mechanics, they're weak. Yeah. They mm-hmm. really are. So, I mean... Would you rather play a Genasi or use him as an interesting NPC in your own game, Megan? That was my next question. James jumped the gun on me because he can see the future, apparently. But <laughs> if I would, sorry, if I would play. Would you rather play or just use them as an NPC as a DM? Uh, NPCs. I think they would be really good communicators as well as really good like introductions into something more powerful than what your current team is dealing with. Like it's one of those kind of tropes where they meet this player. You don't really know what they are. They think, oh, cool. This is really neat. You can create flame. That's dope. Awesome. And then you find out that they're backed by this all powerful genie you've never seen before. Right. So I feel like there's a lot of wow factor with them as NPCs, not a lot of wow factor as a player. I think that they are going to attract new players because they're edgy without being a tiefling. And, and again, like the elements are very easy to understand. They really are. But then they're not necessarily well represented. Yeah. Once you, when, like you can grasp the idea, but then implementing them in game, you're still swinging a sword mm-hmm. or casting magic missile or whatever. Like there's not a whole lot. You've got to lean into it. Like, like we were talking about with Charlie with the eyes and the octopus. He really put the time and effort Loved into it. building that. Right. And it was a good character to play with. Yeah, it yeah. was fun to role play against, but and great mechanically. But at that point, it was because high level druid, not mm. Genasi, right? Yeah. So, is there a specific build that you guys like for them? If you pick one of them, I have a fun one. All right, you go for James. Just, just <laughs> waved, just waved his hands. Um, so I've usually when I go with the Genasi, which I have played in the past, I've always done like the the light footed earthy. It's not earthy, sorry, light footed like air ones. I like yeah. the airiness. So when I was reading about the Earth ones, I really enjoyed the fact that, and I spoke about it before, the idea that their skin is made of marble and that they're very strong and stout. And then I was thinking barbarian. So obviously barbarian is an easy trope for um, an Earth genasi because it kind of goes together with the strength. However, I love the idea that when they rage is the only time you see the marbleization of their skin. Okay. And then if you go down the path of the ancestral guardian, a lot of your capabilities have to do with being able to see your guardian spirit, so you can which means see you can genie. see your genie when you're fighting. Yeah. Oh, and, but you just keep getting visions of grandma just banging against the wall with the genie. Yeah. It, it, now like, you oh God. See it. Oh God. This is yeah. what my grandma effed. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> right? like I just, I, I don't know. I think it gives a lot of good visual capabilities. I think the thing that I like about them too, is it would be the only time that I would allow a rage to, to not be enraged to just be like all right we're doing this then here we go yeah and and just like announcing time to fight and just stomping forward like uh like the thing for the fantastic four right yeah he's not always necessarily angry but you know when it's time to throw like when out. dave he wants to go home from camping mm. <laughs> yeah like we're just not putting up with the shit anymore pack up your tent yeah we are done we are done now they become the project manager of the situation yes, yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I like that for the Barbarian. A little bit of Battlemaster too. Just pack up your shit and leave. Get it together. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm really disappointed that not a single one of them. So they all get Constitution and then there are four. Not a single Charisma caster present. 
Not among no. them. Which I, is weird for the sorcerer. Like I the fully synergy. agree with it based on their lore. Because they're supposed to be outcasts to begin with. If they're in the like out in the wilderness. Right, but and in the city they're trying to hide. So they're not good at interacting with people. And yet they've got charlatan and entertainer as some of the backgrounds that are recommended. Right? Like I want Because that would help you hide. And they're awkward. Yeah, but they also step up into leadership roles occasionally. Nice. That's right in the lore. I just want there to be a bard or a um, or a sorcerer. Like, that just makes a lot of sense to me from a flavor perspective. I also, if you can somehow find the charisma and the strength bonus, I love the idea of a Genasic Paladin. The mm. Oath of Glory, Oath of Conquest, you know, Oath of Vengeance. They're out doing their own thing in the world and just kicking ass with their own personal oath. Had me a Paladin. But, I mean, <laughs> Warlock, the genie patron Warlock... Sets this up perfectly, and yet there's no charisma boost. Yeah. So it really did feel lacking to me. The the air monk makes perfect sense. Hundred percent. Yeah. Right. The the fighter um, earth makes perfect sense. Yeah. I have trouble with the fire wizard. That one. I mean, it was exception of an evocation what was wizard. Score again for the fire ones. Uh, intelligence. Intelligence. Oh, That's what yeah. it is. A wizard. So or yeah. or an artificer, but like. Yeah evoker and clearly only an evoker like that's that's a thing yeah right so there are some that make a lot of sense the water druid lines up because you get the the wisdom bonus mm. yeah. right um but the cleric thematically doesn't super fit as well you got to do a little legwork on that yeah. one figure that one out mechanically yeah yeah i don't know i i really like the the paladin though if you can somehow find the high enough stats for charisma, and so you have your strength and the con and whatnot, you should be able to walk around as an Earth Genasi paladin and just kick in doors and get to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. James, do you have anything that lines up? Uh, I was thinking a water Genasi rogue, always barefoot, and you put your trait that your skin's always damp. So if you get too excited in your sneaking, you get wet, pat, 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 <laughs> and your feet across the ground. Or they could just find you because you're hiding yeah. in a closet, but you have like a trail. A little trail of water if you get too excited and like you're <laughs> getting real into it, but you roll poorly. No, well, that's no how can, they caught you. No one can see you, but you sound like Squidward. Yeah. You're running oh, through the this is 100% more flavor than useful, yeah. but... <laughs> Good for an NPC. Yeah, exactly. Very cute. Throw them as a really good rogue NPC that just occasionally fucks up. Forgets to put their water resistant socks on to keep the water in. And they leave a trail. Their magical item is water resistant socks. Yeah. (laughs) So do you guys have, uh, uh, James, it'll be you. No, yeah, you rolled a nat 20. Do you have any hook that you would use then as a DM for a player who comes to the table with a Genasi? What's the one thing that you immediately latch on to? It would depend on the Genasi type to begin with. Sure, but, just what's one? Uh, for the water Genasi, I would I would give them something not necessarily to do with their d- genie ancestry, but more something to do with they're the only one who can stop the water Something to do with water in a certain area because of their heritage. Mm-hmm. So, like, every 20,000 years, a typhoon comes through this area. And if there isn't a water genasi here, then the area gets wiped out and millions die. Well, but you, if they're there, they have to fight something, obviously. But You could just do that with the Leviathan, right? Yeah. Or it could look, honestly. You could do it with anything. A water elemental would be enough to yeah. 
to wipe out a small Which their village. pop of ancestry can summon, so you can even connect it that way. Uh, is the merit evil? Um, chaotic neutral. Well, chaotic. So, chaotic. They may want to dick around. They got pissed at the place a thousand years ago, and they have a recurring summons. I, I could even... That they just <laughs> forgot about. I was real pissed one day, and like, here's a permanent summons, fucks off, and Eat then it. goes away and forgets about it. I would even let them just, while they show up, every once in a while they show up, they interact with everybody, it's great, they leave, and they always leave a water elemental behind. When they, like, teleport back to whatever, they plane shift away, there's a water elemental that just wreaks freaking havoc, because yeah. it didn't get to go with. Just upset. <laughs> Megan, do you have any any big plot hook that would help a, a player? Um, I enjoy the classic trope of you are the champion fighter of your ancestry. Who? You? Obviously, with that trope? 100%. <laughs> Um, but I Isn't mean, that literally your last two characters? One, yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, so again, I lean into it. I love it. I love the idea that you are fighting for something um, and have a purpose. So especially with, again, the Earth Genasi in your, your strong and stoutness and being more of those paladin type characters, I feel like you can definitely give them a good string of your goal in life is to become number one in your element, basically. Like there could be only one. Maybe there's a multiple of these children from this one genie. And your goal in life is to destroy the ones that exist. And so that you are the remaining strong Janassi. And that's where you gain your powers from, is from killing your others. Like a the one kind of Give thing. them a level every time they kill one? Yes. Come, come right. She's clapping right now. Like I like it. A <laughs> <laughs> so um, slaughter. Especially if you set it up that some of them are... You want to, especially with a paladin, you would want to push their resolve to follow this through. Yeah. So make some in like high levels of other churches that are helping a lot of people. Make yeah. some orphans. Make some... Some just commoners hanging like, yeah, out. Yeah, some commoners that don't know their genasi because their powers haven't manifested, but it's in their bloodline. And mm-hmm. you need to get rid of them to get your level. It's like, sorry Do about you it. slaughter them? There can be only one. I like the idea that you've grown up your entire life with the list of names tattooed on your forearm. Mm. Yeah. And then, like, every once in a while, one of them just develops a line through it when they die off. You're just already start repeating this mm. in your sleep. Yeah. I would make the list, too, as you got closer. They got closer to the top of the list. Yeah. So yeah. if you were close to the person, they were the next one on the list, and you were able to be like, oh, Shank. And then <laughs> I see you. The line appears. Joseph, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or that could be the way you learned of it first. You had a friend when you were growing up that you accidentally killed, and their name got slashed off. Just I, I just like the idea of knock, 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 Sarah Connor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hundred percent. Why did he ask though? That's my question. Uh, he, hey. Gotta confirm. No, you don't. Sometimes you do. <laughs> You're a robot. You could just wantonly slaughter the whole city. You and don't you'll want, get Sarah Connor. You do not want me to start ranting and bitching about the no. Terminator series. That's a different episode. So uh, that's a that's a four part series. Mm-hmm. So um, final question then: Is the fifth element heart, or is it Mila Jovovich? Friendship. Mila. <laughs> it's clearly Mila. One hundred percent Mila. <laughs> all right, so that's all for this discussion on Janaz friendship. Fuck you, James. Get out. We, we've got a lot more ground to cover with playable races as we move forward. So check back regularly to see what inspirations and insights we'll have for you in the future. Next week, we'll be digging into our righteousness and smiteousness as we tell everybody what to do in our discussion on some paladin subclasses. From Sword Coast Adventures Guide, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, and the Dungeon Master's Guide. Thanks for listening to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. 
If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website at www.itsamimic.com, as well as a store for some awesome merch. We also rely on word of mouth to get news of our podcast out there to the community. So please pass the word to everyone you know that we're available on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as most podcast apps. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. Thank you for listening to another It's a Mimic production. Inquiries, shoutouts, requests, and mailbag questions can be sent to info at itsamimic.com. Okay, so let's get real for a second here. I'm going to break down the situation because I don't feel like typing it up and posting it on Reddit, but you guys should be on the same page as we are. About 16 months ago, we decided to make a sequel series for our horror miniseries, Deep Dark of Radiance. It's, as some of you know, a blend of 7th edition Call of Cthulhu actual play and a radio play. It was a lot of fun to record. Terry murdered puppies, Dave murdered Megan, Dan murdered me. Then, in the post-production phase, Dan nearly murdered me again, and vice versa. For real. It took its toll, and the It's a Mimic podcast nearly came to an end in October 2019. But Dan and I are mature adults occasionally, and we got over our differences and burnout, and ended up with a product we were both proud of, and a friendship that was strengthened by better respect and communication. So one year later, I wanted to dive back in, taking the reins from Dan for a follow-up. But my biggest complaint was that I wanted to do a fast and dirty horror campaign that explored insanity and tragedy, but there wasn't enough time to get to know the characters or give a shit about them when I put them through hell. So I had this ambitious idea about making a series of one-on-one one-shots, where we would get to see who these intrepid investigators truly are before I make them all meet and then drag them through hell. In an effort to alleviate some of the pressures we felt on the previous run-through, Dan and I decided to step back from the insane October schedule of 10 episodes in a month and release this new series on the 13th of every month for a year. This would let us string clues between one-shots, and we'd also get to let the audience see the clues while the players had no idea what's going on or even which other characters survive. All of this was going to build to a new mini-series in October 2021. The Sega of one-shots became The Many Roads to Amelia, and we got a music guy, we got a new poster, a database of professional sound effects, and we sat down to record. Eleven episodes were planned, nine got recorded before COVID hit and derailed everything, and two got released. But things recovered slowly, and Dan and I sat down to see what could be done with this half-finished passion project, and we started to get excited again. Seven more episodes. One is crazy long, so probably eight more episodes. A readjusting for new plans and better editing schedules. But then one of the recordings had an insurmountable challenge with audio feedback. And then our software crashed and converted a different episode to complete and utter silence. And it just gutted me. Hours and hours and hours of work. Gone. While that meant that there were five recorded, unreleased episodes, and four that needed to be produced from scratch. Keeping in mind that each episode takes about 50 hours to make, we thought that this would be a decent project over the fall for a nice big surprise dump of episodes in October and a random smattering throughout the rest of the year for the other episodes. But then life happened. Employment situations changed. Two of our new voices are getting married. 
New editors have been brought on board and need to be shown the ropes, and what was an aggressive schedule quickly became a mad dash to hit deadlines. Communication started to break down again. Sleepless nights were starting to build up, and a repeat of October 2019 stresses seemed to loom on the horizon. So last week I called Dan late at night in full ranting breakdown, and he cut through my shit and said, listen, the podcast survived the pandemic. The other shows are starting to slowly rumble back into pre-production, and our listeners are the best people out there. They'll understand if this cursed project needs another adjustment. And I sighed heavily and I agreed. Now, here I am facing down the idea that I might have to apologize to a patient listenership, and I'm not one for apologies, generally speaking. I mean, God knows I'd never do anything wrong. But Dan is right for a change. But what he's right about is that this project is cursed, clearly. It's not my fault, the fucking thing is cursed. So, in order to maintain the high quality of the product and the dubious quality of my sanity, we're going to take these five episodes, turn one of them into a two-parter, and then see what becomes of the other four. But the insane deadlines and sleepless nights are going to calm down a little on our end, and we're going to abandon another mad rush to get shit done before October's out. And we're going to embrace... The It's a Mimic tagline of, you never know what you're going to get. And what that means is that we'll release them when they're ready. When you least expect it. When they're good enough. And in the meantime, we'll attempt to break the curse of the many roads to Amelia. So we want to say thank you for your patience. Thank you for your understanding. And thank you to all the others involved in this project who have sacrificed time, effort, and energy to see that this is going to be a success. And as far as all of the insanity goes that's attached to this project, really the only thing that we're going to have to suffer through together is the fact that Dan was right for a change. And he's never going to shut the fuck up about it. Thanks for listening. Bye.